You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 324 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good, good. What's happening in Gina world? Oh, every day feels like Christmas because we've been locked up so long here in Melbourne. It's just mm. a, like everything is joyful. It's like going into uh, shops, going out to restaurants, <laughs> c- c- seeing people I haven't seen for ages. And it's, it's so exciting, you know. It hasn't the, worn the off yet. I mean, you've been out of lockdown no, for no, the novelty hasn't couple worn of weeks off. It's just, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's just just really good and I've been out busy shooting as well and that's a whole new sort of uh, thing to wrap your head around because all the COVID restrictions when it comes to shooting so you know you can't rock up to a TV studio and you're, I don't want to be the one that gets everyone sick. So mm. they're, they're very, very strict about the protocols and signing in and making sure that they can continue uh, to work and work safely. So I've been learning a lot of that about that this week. It's uh, really interesting. And um, wow. yeah, it's been a great week. What about you? What have I been doing? Goodness me, just the usual kind of stuff. Um, mm. Oh, this week... Um, my range of wallpaper and upholstery and carpets is finally live. Finally. Woo-hoo. That's taken quite a while to get there. How but, exciting. Um, what an achievement. Who'd have thought that the that was thought. doing macrame three or four <laughs> years ago suddenly got her own range, which proved dreams come true, people. Put it out there. Do the work. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you've got a goal, go for it. Yes. You know, my dad always used to say, well, someone's got to do it, you know. Yeah, that's exactly sometimes right. Sometimes you think, oh, you know, you'll, you'll have uh, – uh, pessimists around you who go, why would you want to do that? Do you know how hard that industry is in t- to break into? Which is what I got as, yeah. like, you know, people saying to me, you've got a teaching degree. Why don't you use that? Why would you want to risk entering the photography industry and I'm sure you got that from people looking at you going why would you do that Valerie that's so hard to break into someone has to do it someone has to be successful why can't it be you yeah absolutely Mm. no one actually said that to me because I think fundamentally no one ever thought it would happen (laughs) (laughs) no one believed you well no one they just thought it was one of those things that are passing phase yeah exactly I've still no, no, playing we don't the cello. Do, no, no, not doubting the cello at all, Valerie. We've got big plans for the end of the year. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But I, um, so I've had, I've been doing uh, tons and tons of comp uh, images, composite uh, mm. images that I had a deadline to finish by the end of the weekend. So I've been binging my little heart out and I've been watching a series called The Crown. Now I know that you know, many along with everyone probably, else on earth. Yeah, but no, no, not everyone's got access to Netflix. So okay. basically, um, 
and it, it, it doesn't matter what it's about. Just know from me that how beautiful the photography and the lighting is. So mm. even if you don't have Netflix, do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and uh, Google behind the scenes of mm. The Crown that will show you the lighting setup because I originally thought it was all done with CGI. They just did it in a big green room. Not right. the case. Mm-hmm. They have access to these beautiful palaces and magnificent opulent room opulent rooms and and but the lighting is what got me because it's like mm. it's very directional and it's all like uh it's moody and uh I wanted to see how they were lighting it and it's just like lots of big uh hard lights with like triple and double diffusion and mm. uh, you can actually see how you do it and it'll give you some great ideas for maybe lifestyle and portrait photographers that are out there, check out how it's done because it is incredibly inspiring. So it's The Crown. Uh, Handmaid's Tale is another one that I love to um, have a sneak, uh, you know, have a peek around behind the scenes. And also there's another great series called Succession. You don't need to watch mm. them, just but just check out. If you can, it's worth it because it's mm. amazing. Yeah, but check out the behind the scenes photos for inspiration because these are like high-end productions, but you can easily uh, hack that sort of learn from the way that they light mm. and pose and get ideas for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I love The Crown. I think it's a it's a great show. Fantastic. Can you do a uh, Can you do any of the impersonations? Because I've didn't I've we try that last my week? Margaret. No, I've done my I've mastered uh, Margaret Thatcher and I think bring back the curtsy because it's like the other thing that's really annoying is when you see people you haven't seen for a while, you just want to give them a hug mm-hmm. uh, and you can't. We're not allowed to. So, you okay. know, the elbow bump is just like, but ha- how about if you just met people and just curtsied? <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, practicing. Okay. It's a good thigh workout, Val. It is. It mm. is. Um, yeah, well, I think that – are you still elbow bumping in your state? We have to elbow bump still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Again, Again, we, we are making sure that it's like we will stay open and mm. uh, I think we're all so traumatised from that 16 weeks that, mm. you know, people are elbow I, – I, you see people hug, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's still the elbow bump. Okay, or, cool. or the curtsy, if you feel like Yeah, it. do the curtsy, sure. <laughs> sure. I'll do the curtsy next time I see you. Oh, my well, God. We're going to recreate that scene. you curtsy, Gina, <laughs> the day you curtsy, I will eat my hat. So, side story here, mm-hmm. Val. Uh, when I was working for Emirates at the doing their marquee during the Melbourne Cup Carnival, they mm-hmm. had a member of the royal family, and it was Princess Anne's daughter, mm-hmm. who I can't. What's her name? Zara Phillips, or I think one of those, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're like, okay, she's arriving in the car. Go get her. I'm like, what? Why me? Don't send me. I'm the worst person to send. What do I do? Do I curtsy? Do I bow? What? How do I? What do I call? It was so, so they're like, just be yourself. So I was like, g'day, g'day, just follow me. <laughs> I didn't curtsy. It was just the classiest thing. <laughs> Wrong person. So yeah, no, I'm not very down with the royal protocol. Unfortunately. Well, I think she hasn't got a title. Doesn't matter, you know. This they test you out that royal family. I saw that when I was watching The Crown. They 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 like to test the commoners, which is what I would be known as. Um, you know, 
you'd okay. be better. You'd be better to balance your cup and saucer because you went to that fine, you know, <laughs> private school. So you would know which fork to use. I wouldn't. <laughs> I only know that from Pretty Woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know which fork to use. Enough, All right. So we want to give a big shout out to Carla Livney. Uh, Carla kindly left us a review and said it's in the thanks, goal community. In the goal community. Yeah. Put a, posted a message in the goal community and said it's Thanksgiving today in the US and around here we always make a point to say what we are thankful for. And this year, I have to say, I'm so thankful for this group and especially Gina and Militia. I'm awestruck at the selflessness and amount of time Gina puts in. It has to be a true labour of love, commenting on every single post that asks for input, taking the time to not just tell but often show how to do it better, and the endless tutorials, which are better than any I have seen over many years. I am so grateful to have a place to turn to, actually have questions answered and receive support and input. Thank you, Gina and the Goldies, for helping me to get better at something I love so much. Wow. Thank you. That's you awesome. Know, and I replied how grateful I was to have uh, the ability to do this uh, podcast and have the Gold community and uh, everyone that supports behind the scenes, including you and everyone else, Val. It is. It's nice to uh, express your gratitude. And thank mm. you, Carla, for that. And it yes. is a labor of love. I do love doing this. I get so much out of teaching. I think I was always supposed to supposed to teach mm. uh and here i am like yeah. it only took me 30 years to get here but mm-hmm. i i am loving it and um speaking of the goal community val we, this is like i just wanted to share the power of the creative pitch so um as creatives, like it's easy for us to see an image and picture it in our mind's eye. And I think I was chatting to when I did the interview with Amy Vitali, we talked about this, but clients don't always get this. And, no. and so you can pitch uh, verbally to the client and you'll be talking about cheese and they're thinking about chocolate mm. is that good two good opposites <laughs> you know so it's very hard and i and i often get frustrated when i'm trying to describe and i'm and, and so it's like don't let me describe it i'm going to show you so i think with the the, the power of the creative pitch is show don't tell because don't assume that everyone thinks or has a creative mind. Some people need to hear, you know, they just can't see it. So one of the um, the gold members actually got an idea and then thought this would be great, uh, a great shot. So what she did after watching uh, one of my uh, tutorials on compositing imaging mm-hmm. images is uh, she created uh, her own mock-up of that image and came up with a really clever idea uh, and then mocked it up like much like you do with your wallpapers and um, upholsteries and all of that put it in situ so that people can see because it's hard for people most people to imagine what it looked like mm-hmm. so so uh, it's Vanessa that did this went ahead and did it and um, posted about it uh, to her social media and w- word got out, people saw it, boom, scored a gig for over four grand. Yay, good that's because brilliant. Because they thought, oh, my God, that's such a great idea. I would have never thought of that. And it's like, yes. yeah, that's why we're the creatives because we come mm. up with that stuff. So, you know, the point is don't be afraid to um, put your – 
think creatively when you pitch and you would be mm. surprised at, at how many clients will go, hey, I never thought of doing that. That's a great idea. Let's go ahead. And they'll find the funds mm. for you to uh, do that project. So yeah, show, don't tell. Brilliant. I love it. And of course, if you're interested in taking your photography to the next level by joining the gold community like these guys, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. As a gold member, you can learn at your own pace and skill level. Here's what Pauline Clem had to say. While I'm a firm believer in having a mentor, you know, I came to photography when I was 54 and I just felt like I was running out of time. And I just thought I need to accelerate my learning and this is the way I'm going to do it. And I joined and yeah, haven't looked back. First of all, I love the fact that it's a global community. The body of knowledge that is there um, at my fingertip, you know, you come back, you listen again and all of a sudden it's making more sense to you and you're thinking, oh, of course, that's, you know, that's what I need to do. So the feedback's very quick when you need it. Sometimes you'll get back within the hour, almost always. The presets, the tutorials, it's all there. Instead of running around getting information from here, different websites, different books, everything I need is in one place. And the other great benefit, of course, for me was doing the Sicilian workshop this year. That was a life-changing event. My photography is totally different. Uh, So, you know, I really credit being a member of the Gold community. That's what it's done. It's great value and I I love being in it. What more can I say? You know, it's changed my life really. And um, I think I'll be there for good. (laughs) You won't get rid of me. I would say if you're sitting on the fence, um, just jump in. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to genomilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so this week's episode is Posing, Lighting and Composing Portraits for Beginners and Pros. And what we've got here is a series of shots that Agena has taken and, you know, I love them. And they are in the show notes if you do want to follow along. You don't have to, but if you're curious about, um, you know, uh, the, the finer detail, then they're over at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And um, there's a bunch of shots here, and I'm going to ask Gina some questions about how they came to fruition because there's a story behind everyone, of course. So I'm going to kick off, actually, with the first one, which is a shot that Gina did, which I happen to know is a composite. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in the shot and it's actually for an Australian television series called Underbelly and uh, Underbelly is uh, a true crime well it's a dramatization of a you know true crime story of the underbelly of um, Melbourne society Uh, and it's got some very famous uh, criminals in there um, including Carl Williams. Yes, sorry, actors playing criminals. Although I have done photo shoots with members of the Melbourne underworld. Okay, maybe that is for another conversation. But uh, (laughs) in this image, it's the it's 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 like the Last Supper, Um, you know, the famous Last Supper scene. Um, But it is set in what could probably be an Italian restaurant with a checkered red and white checkered tablecloth. Instead of Jesus, there is a character of Tony Mockbell 
who is an underworld figure in Melbourne, and he's surrounded by other underworld figures um, such as Carl Williams and Alphonse Gagetano and Louis, forget his last name, <laughs> and, and his sons and various people, um, Louis Moran, sorry, and his sons. Uh, and they're played by very famous um, Australian actors. So Tony Mockbell is in the Jesus position looking dead straight to the camera with his hands sort of clasped and his chin almost leaning on it. His elbows are on the table. The food, the table is full of food, like a bounteous feast of, um, you know, lots of different types of food and pasta and Chianti and wine and um, glasses and stuff like that. And the various members of the underworld are doing different things. So they're either talking to each other or whispering in each other's ear or looking at something or looking at something going on elsewhere. And it's a really powerful shot. The, the backdrop is actually like one of my wallpapers, hey, Gina. Um, the We're going to release a, pa- a, a pack of backgrounds. Yes, we um, are going to release a pack shortly, of backgrounds. Shortly, yeah. So I've just got a few more to add, but we'll have a whole series. So you've kindly created um, a whole lot of these. Uh, what's it called, that back- particular wallpaper? Damask. And yep. it's so classic, mm. and you could use this in your um, composite images for portraits and yep. all sorts of things. Very, very handy to have. So, yes, yeah. and also yeah, very I, I suitable because they're so classic, suitable whether you're shooting yes. a guy or a girl in any yeah, kind yeah. of genre. You yes. know what I mean? It's yeah, non-gender, it's isn't very, it? Yes. Very, very good. Yeah. And you can change yeah. the colours. Anyway, so the background of yes. this is this beautiful kind of damask um, dark wallpaper. So it's a it's a and it's a very powerful shot. And one of the reasons it's very powerful is that it's kind of a fairly dark image, but the faces of each of the eight did I say eight? Yeah, eight people um, are lit so beautifully because they are obviously the the heroes of the shot, right? Um, but the thing is, Gina wouldn't have been able to get all of these very notable Australian actors available, all eight of them at the same time. I mean, some, they, some of them don't even live in the same city. Uh, so tell us how this shot came about, Gina. In the first instance, before we get on to, you know, lighting and stuff, where did you shoot it and um, how, how many shoots did you do before you were able to get all eight? So I'm particularly proud of this image because I know how much work uh, went into it mm. and how, how much pressure I was under to nail this shot. So uh, basically we shot in a, um, a large film studio. So we had uh, like a uh, massive space, like six or 7,000 square feet. So huge. Was this and the film that studio, studio that they filmed film the show? At Docklands, yes. Okay. So what happens is when you do these big production numbers is there'll be a couple of things going on at the same time. So you will have a film crew there that are filming uh, promotion for the, you know, like so the commercial for the show is happening. Mm. There is also um, someone doing uh, all the publicity stills, which is what I was doing. And then there is another photographer doing um, the advertising or marketing. So maybe Mm. for the the billboard or something. So there was, Mm. you know, there was three crews working at the same time. We had all the actors but they needed to get as much as they could on the day. So 
Um, and it was like, what happens is the, 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 the job comes in and then they'll go, got any ideas, Gina? And I'm like, have I got ideas? And then I'm pitching just like uh, I was talking about earlier, the mm. power of the pre- creative pitch. Mm. I might have an image that I've done that is similar or I will have a popular culture reference that I can give them. So that's how my brief, when I'm briefing the publicist and going, this is what I want to do, I'll say, I want to do a Last Supper shot yeah, style shot and immediately they're going to know what I'm talking yes. about and then I'll also use words like gritty and dark and moody so that we're all on the same mm. page so that no one's getting surprises when I deliver the images going I oh, know we wanted bright pastel and poppy <laughs> the other references that uh, I will use are other um, mobster films so fortunately this is like I love watching those movies so mm-hmm. you know The Godfather yeah. and uh, The Sopranos and all of those style of movies so I might even bring some references in about those shows so that sets up the scene and then I've also got to brief the stylist and the makeup artist so the styling for this this was called a hot set and a hot set doesn't mean that everyone on it is hot <laughs> it means that um, basically what I had to do is because I had three different sets on that day so I had this last supper set I also had a card playing set going also a hot set and then the white psych that I was shooting all the generic stock shots of everyone so three different sets and what we would do what I was doing is like um so three sets of lights and I I'm going from set to set to set there was no stopping on the day so I'd get one one of the talent at a time or two at a time and they'd have to go from the white set to the playing card set to the Um, last supper set and then they would go to marketing and do their shots and then they would go off and do uh, the promotion so you can see that it's like it's pressure and you might get them for five minutes you might get them for three minutes you might have them for 10 it depends right so it's fast and I've got to shoot each different shot and remember what everyone else was doing in the shot and so keep tabs on not one but three different comp shoots going on at the same time so that was the degree of difficulty so back to the hot set uh i've got the uh the the stylist to uh dress the table long table with the pasta and the chianti bottles and the drinks Mm. and then i tell all the talent don't touch anything Mm. so remember they're all in character and they were all gangsters on the day so they don't break character they just stare you down but that's cool I stare them back down. So (laughs) I go into Sicilian mode and that was the mode of the day. And sometimes I would just like be behind the camera safely going, yeah, come on. Is that the best you can do? Come on. That's not even scared. I'm not even scared of you, you know? And then, Particularly the actor who played Tony Mockbell, mm. who's the like the head, the the head, you know, sort of uh, mafia boss mm-hmm. or whatever, underbelly boss. When I said to him, my direction was him. I want you to stare me down and cold eyes, and he just switched it on, and it was chilling. Wow. So with actors, give them something to do mm. because if you just go, okay, that's great, just smile now, that's really mm. good now, can you look a bit sad? But I give them like staying character and you give them a role and you give them some motivation. Okay, so just imagine um, I'm a cop and I'm a policeman and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm accusing you of something and you didn't do it and you want to intimidate me, go ahead. Mm. So anything, any cues that you can give them mm. to um, – to create that ca- character 
because it's not enough to just have them. And also, I've got people in this shot that are gazing off camera. All yeah, right? what did you but, tell them? So it's got a, you've got a, there's a backstory that I just make up. So, all right, so you're on the end and your uh, ex-girlfriend's just walked into the room or the brother of the guy you just killed has walked into the Mm. room. You have to look with intention. And this applies to any shot, like, you know, lifestyle where you've got the the couple that are laughing off camera. Mm. Give them something to look at. And in particular, I also cue them with a particular eyeline. So Mm. I would give them so see that fire hydrant on the wall further down can you see it see the writing in the middle that's the eye line I want it there so that's how I get their heads in exactly the right position yes because there's three of them who do happen to be looking at the same thing in the distance and it really does look like Carl Williams has spotted the you know the someone who who he's just killed their partner (laughs) Exactly. And so that's the motivation and that's what they're thinking. And they go into that that acting mode because it's like great actors. uh, It's about what they do in the silence is just as powerful as what they do when they're speaking. You know, so mm-hmm. great actors can can you know create that emotion. So that and you've got to be really specific, and it's just a matter of getting them to repeat it over and over again till you get the right expression. So this image was a composite of one, two, three, four, five different shots. Mm. So there's a group of three on the far right a person next to them that I shot separately, the person in the middle, and then a group of two and a group of one. So what I do is I use Capture One software, and that allows you to actually uh, drop in a, uh, a base image, and then you can um, overlay that into the shot. So I was using that to make sure that my uh, eye lines were right and everything was lined up. Then I've got to be uh, really careful that no one moves or touches anything on the set. And I actually lit this on a, a light, a, like a light grey background. All right, just to that—that that was my base exposure. And then, what do you mean I, you lit uh, this on a light grey background? So, so what I did is I had a, like a, a white backdrop behind. Right. Them. All right, and they came in and the table and everything, and then they all sat down, and so I did the shots separately. So you set up the camera, and it's not like I'm zooming in on each person and then cutting them out and trying to scale them all to size. Mm. What you do when you've got a hot set Mm -hmm. is that you set up your camera, um, set it up for the first person, and I'm framing the entire shot, Mm. okay? And then uh, let's say I had the uh, first person in the middle in the shot, that's my focus point mm. and it gets locked off. So basically I focus on the person in the middle, mm. right? The exposure then re- and the sp- exposure comp- uh, and composition and everything else, all settings stay static for the remainder of the shoot. So I focus using autofocus, then I switch my autofocus off and I'm not going to touch it again, mm. okay? So... Then it's just a matter of bringing each person into the into position, and, uh, and then when it comes to uh, editing the image in post, basically I can just lay stack all the images together, and just using layer masks, uh, you know, reveal each of the different sections that I want to do. Now this Brilliant. is fantastic way to shoot 
any style of large group shot mm. if you want to have this animation or you can't get everything everyone together so if you're doing a family portrait and nana <laughs> is held up in stuck in traffic or the teenagers right? so grumpy they won't join or the teenagers like or the baby is just having a meltdown mm. you know the two-year-old and we can't get the two-year-old to behave mm. but we know that in an hour the two-year-old is going to be good let's just get everyone else done leave the camera set up right and then uh, last minute we can bring mum and baby into the back of the shot and then you can just merge it together. Mm. So it's a really handy technique. And if you want to have a go at this and you don't necessarily want to do it in front of seven people because that can be a bit intimidating when you're starting, um, is just get, if you've got like uh, action figures, stuffed yeah. toys, Lego, <laughs> whatever, your, your Barbie dolls, Bust them out mm. and give it a go, and just just and you'll see how it's actually quite simple to do, mm. right? To get to get this right, this photo composite technique, and then when you're confident and you've done it with your action figures or your Barbie dolls, then give it a give it a try with the pets. So <laughs> let's just say you've got a family and you've got like five different pets in the house, right? And you've got like chickens and uh, dogs and cats and geese and all sorts of, but you could never get them all together in one spot. <laughs> Find a spot in the backyard that, that, that like, or, or, you know, that, that they'll all fit in, in and then arrange them, do them, bring the dog in first, put him in one corner, take a shot. Then leave everything the same, bring the cat in, put the cat next. You, you could do it on the sofa and that's how you create a composite image of many different people who normally wouldn't, couldn't stand to be next to each other. <laughs> now, or it's or it's impossible you to do that. You have tutorials on this in the Gog community, don't you? I do. Yes, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we cover so we can this, follow and this. Uh, I think I, I think I'm um, like yeah, I've, I've uh, put this one in as well. This last supper shot, just to show yeah. how um, it was done, and then. It's also about the editing. So finding the right style of background that suits this. So I wanted to give it that old uh, Italian New York style restaurant mm. look, you know. And so this is the this is the wallpaper I grew up with in my home. Mm. This was in my lounge room. <laughs> what? And you took a photo and, uh, of it. So, no, no, no. I just found something oh, similar. similar. Okay. So that's what it always reminds mm. me of when I see it, you know, that reminds me of home. And But I, I did darken it down a lot and make it uh, really moody. And fun fact, mm -hmm. something I like to do when I do big, big, big jobs like this mm -hmm. is uh, I put my logo in the image somewhere, like, <laughs> like a Where's Wally or something like that's that. So, so cool. if you zoom in mm -hmm. on the wine bottle that's on the table, I've actually put my logo onto the label of the wine bottle. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, clever. <laughs> that's how I entertain myself. Oh, my myself. God. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It's like when I um, edit books and uh, or, or write books, I try to slip in as many Bon Jovi songs as possible within the narrative. Oh, that's funny. That's great. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to another shot. This is an interesting one of a media personality in Australia called Red Simons, and he's wearing a suit and a striped tie. And, um, you know, so he looks kind of like a businessman, but the reality is he's, he's a bit of a zany kind of guy and um so even though he's dressed in this suit with you know beautiful shirt and cufflinks and shiny shoes um what Jean has done is she's got him with a very serious look on his face and his hands in his pockets but jumping in the air and his legs kind of doing a little 
cross at the bottom, you know, like a clown would do. But he's not yeah. dressed as a clown. He's dressed as very respect, respectably. Um, so he is mid-air, mid-flight, but also he's um, on a white ground and the thing is you can see that he's mid-flight because she's put in the shadow. He's, she's put in his his shadow so very, very subtly um, on the ground. Otherwise it would just be him floating in white space. You know, if you didn't put the shadow in, it did look a little bit weird. He'd just be deep etched into white space. Uh, so, Gina, um, how did you achieve this? And how did you put the shadow so, in, importantly? Yeah, this this um, photographing comedians mm. has taken me a long time to work out how to do this. So early on, I would just try and think of wacky, zany things for them to do. Mm. To make it funny, but that's mm-hmm. so uh, cliche and uh, hacky to do that because it's not usually funny. So if you study comedians enough, you'll see that they're actually uh, a lot more subtle when, when you're trying to portray that in an image. So you should, uh, when I worked out that if I allow them to be serious mm-hmm. and play it serious, but you can bring in either a prop or something that just makes it ridiculous mm. and that's what's funny mm. so the the direction for this shoot and i did shoot a number of, number of people that day is i have a, a little mini trampoline that i use for these shots uh. and so what i do is i get them uh, to jump in the air now i could have just got them to do star jumps and wacky zany mm. looks on their faces mm. But that's so obvious, yeah. right? So what I wanted to do is something a bit more, you know, subtle. And uh, so what I – because he's uh, – this guy is dressed in the uh, in the suit mm. and it's very – he looks like a businessman. Yeah, he does. Right? So I just wanted to, to give it a twist, a small little wacky zany twist. Yeah. And so the direction to him was – Keep your face as straight as possible. Mm. Like, you know, you, this is uh, nothing un, nothing to see here, nothing unusual, mm. all right? Hands in your pockets, cool as a cucumber, and I just want you to leap, and when you're in the air, just like, you know, cross your feet. So we had to practice it a few times because you get wonky legs, mm. and then it's a matter of uh, getting the timing right. And so what I do with um, these – so if you uh, – Working, trying to do one of these leaping shots and you're working with speed lights uh, and outside, the speed light itself is going to freeze the action because what mm. you've got when you're working with a speed light, the flash duration, I've explained this, we, mm. we did an episode all about speed lights, yeah. but but do you remember this description, Val, well, about flash duration? Not about flash duration specifically but I remember having a light bulb moment when you explained how to capture things in midair. Right so basically speed lights the flash duration so when you the flash goes off right Mm. (laughs) that's the sound (laughs) of it it's very short it's and that's it it's over. Mm -hmm. Studio lights not all but the studio lights that I work with Allencrom they recycle very quickly they're built like uh, an old Ford or an old Holden they're fantastic lights light quality is amazing Mm -hmm. but one downside of this particular light is that the flash duration is a little bit longer so we've got the speed light right very quick Mm -hmm. 
compare and and this is not accurate it's not scientifically no, accurate that noise don't hold is me not to it but i'm just accurate. it's not scientifically yeah. accurate but i just want you to get an idea of the difference yes. so speed light very quick mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. My studio lights, which are more powerful, mm. but the flash duration is longer. Yes. So speed light goes, <laughs> my studio lights, <laughs> can you hear the difference? I can do it. Ready? A longer Ready? Can flash you want to hear? It's either. Okay, studio. <laughs> yeah, speed light. <laughs> they were little flashes though. Can we put the power oh, up a little okay. bit? Speed light. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's speed light. Studio light. Okay. There are some <laughs> studio lights that do have a very, uh, so bronze color, some of the very high, high, high end, but you have to like um, sell your left kidney to actually buy. They're very expensive wow. lights. Fantastic. So if you're up that high, high end, then it's worth getting the fast duration. But we've got access to speed lights, so you can do it and you will freeze the action. Now, studio, because I've got um, studio lights, and this is like a five or a six light set. So there's two lights for the background, uh, two lights, two big soft boxes as fill, uh, and, a, and another light for the face, and then maybe one for the ground, right? So like nice, bright, white set, which is what every TV studio wants, but... I've got to tackle this issue is like, you know, I'm shooting Canon. I've got one two hundredth of a second is my shutter speed. I can't go any higher than that because the flash won't sync. And the flash duration of a studio light is a little bit too slow to freeze the action altogether. So if I tried to shoot as he's leaping and as his, his trajectory is going up, I'm going to get motion, okay? And if I shoot him as he's coming down, I'm also going to get motion. So there is a moment, and it is a nanosecond when someone jumps and they're airborne, that the, 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 when they get to their full height, there is like a moment where they're like frozen in time and then they drop again. Mm. That's when you've got to photograph them. So it's timing, 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 timing. And when I worked this out, it changed everything because I spent years going, I can't get my shots sharp when they're jumping. There's always movement. But then when I worked out that it's the timing, it's when they're airborne and they, they're, they've gotten to their full height Mm. there's like this nanosecond where they just pause there if you can time it and you will get it you just got to do it a few times so again if you've got small kids just get them out on the trampoline and go just jump here's a dollar here's a dollar (laughs) i'll take you to mcdonald's whatever it takes to get them to do it for you uh and just practice uh getting that timing right because trust me eventually it just it just becomes second nature and it's like you're just doing it intuitively so that's the uh the process uh behind it but if you're doing it outside using speed lights go nuts you could shoot them at any time and you'll you you should be able to freeze it because you can also up your shutter speed and but it's the it's not the shutter speed in this case it's the flash duration Mm. so um hopefully that will make a difference and give it a try because it's like these airborne shots are a great way to get a different perspective of all sorts it it just brings life into the image and uh yeah and the the shadow was actually added in post 
as well. Though. How did you get the shape of the shadow, though? You, you know, like how did you? Uh, there's a great tutorial <laughs> on that in the goal community. But basically, Brilliant. take a copy in Photoshop, open the image, take a, a copy, make a duplicate copy on a new layer, and then you free transform that uh, the actual shadow uh, into that shape. Into a different so, shape, right? Uh, and also to learn what looks good and what doesn't, when you're out and about and it is a sunny day and you've got like, you know, hot high noon light or something like that and you're seeing shadows, start paying attention to what the shadows do mm. and even start on your phone taking photos of what the shadows do because then you've got reference images if you ever have to put a shadow in in post and particularly notice that they're not, it's not just one solid shadow that you ever see. Whenever you're looking at a shadow, particularly if there's more than one light source mm. you might see multiple shadows so you'll see a darker shadow and there might be another part of the shadow that's a duplicate but it's slightly softer and have a look at the, how the uh the shadows graduate you know the the, the colors go from dark to light mm. they're not always black they do have the color of what's surround there is a lot to shadows val yes i spend a lot of time looking at shadows like when, whenever like um where i live mm. like, and when there's a full moon the, I love seeing the like the the light that the shadows cast mm. in, in the room. So like often at night, I'll just stand there for five minutes, just staring at a wall. Which you know, if anyone saw that, they think she's lost it. <laughs> which possibly I have, but it's just like because I'm just looking because it's like you put that into your reference file, and it's like when you have to make a composite image, yes. you kind of got an, a better idea of what's happening. Mm, mm, mm. All right, fantastic. So let's move on to a shot. Um, I think it is of an Australian actor called Michael Veach. Um, and, but it could be a photo of a businessman. He's wearing a grey suit and a white um, shirt with no tie. And it's fairly close up, kind of from his chest up. And it's just beautiful, beautiful lighting apart from beautiful lighting so he's probably an older well not older i don't know maybe he's in his 50s or he's or something um guy with some gray flecks and against a, a dark background um but in addition to the beautiful lighting um i'd like to talk about what you decided to focus on because mm. when you're that close to somebody um you know, you, 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 I assume, want to shoot so that his face stands out, um, but you don't necessarily want to see all the creases in his shirt and stuff. So um, mm. I'm interested to know what you focused on because if you look at it, there are certain parts of his face, obviously, that are in focus, but by the time you get to his ears, they're a little bit mm. softer and obviously that's um, done on purpose so that his face can really emerge almost from the from the photo so talk us through this photo yeah so this this was uh part of a series that uh we were working on and he was one of the uh the actors in the series and then he actually uh i did these this is like again when you're commissioned to do a shot give them what they've asked for mm. but then give them something else always try think of ways that you can add value yeah. for your clients so i've talked about this a lot this year like you know with the goldies i've been suggesting that like you know when you're shooting do a few minutes of extra of film footage and you can turn that into gifs or gifs <laughs> i think it's gifs isn't it is the correct pronunciation oh that's and we call them conversation GIFs. for another day do you not <laughs> yeah so so I, yeah, it makes sense. Mm. 
because otherwise yeah anyway so adding value so this is something where I'm like I do the shots that I'm asked for and then if I'm in a space that has beautiful daylight like this studio that I was working in had Mm. I knew that the garage light was phenomenal and so I'm like like we've got a couple of minutes between uh shots while I was waiting for other people to get ready and then it's just like okay can you come over here and stand here and uh, there was actually about three of them that I photographed in this location and the 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 sort of I'm using my 85 1.2 millimeter lens so it's a very uh like uh, shallow shallow depth of field so basically with that lens what you want to do because uh, a lot of people make the mistake of they will focus on the eye and the focus point of the camera is quite large and it covers the entire eye which is a mistake that I uh, had to find out the hard way because mm. you're actually what happens is when you blow that image up you'll find that because the depth of field is so shallow mm. especially if you're very close yeah. it, it increases the eyelashes are sharp. The eyeball isn't. Oh, really? That's how fast they fall out of focus. Wow. So the trick with this, that sort of shallow depth of field, 1.2, 1.4, is what you can do. Most cameras allow you to do this. I know I can do it with both my Fuji and my Canon, is you can actually adjust the size of the focus point. So, you know, that little red square that I've taught you how to move around, mm. Val? You can make that little red square um, a quarter of the size. So it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little dot. And when it's that small, you can then move the focus point so it's actually on, what's the colored bit of the eye called? The iris. I never remember. The iris. You can have, you can focus on the iris. And what you've got there in most eyes is there's there's texture in there because you've got the little flecks. Even if it's blue eyes, Mm. it might be blue and light blue. So you've got enough uh, to lock onto mm. and then that way you make sure that the eye is in focus because there's nothing worse than looking at one of these images mm. which is such shallow depth of field and it's like the eyelash or the tip of the nose is in focus but the eyes are just out it's really frustrating mm. so always focusing on the eyes and then set it up so that I, I you know I've got the image frame I'm shooting I'm talking constantly directing getting the 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 natural smile and all of that and then something might happen and in this instance he just happened to look away like that with that yeah, expression beautiful. he was thinking or he was uh, re- re- thinking of a reply to someone mm. or something keep shooting these are the gold these are the moments of gold because it's like what everyone does in front of the camera is you know even if they're absolute professionals everyone does photo face where you tense up and you're putting on a face for the camera right mm. It's our job as photographers to get rid of that photo face and particularly if you're doing a natural portrait of someone and you want to capture the essence of the real person is to get those moments in between frames where they don't think you're shooting. Like, you know, so you can, there's all sorts of little tricks you can do. You can, you know, sort of be, look, hang on, I'm just checking my phone or something. Just keep your hand on the trigger <laughs> and because you, you can see out of the corner of your eye that they might do something, just keep mm. shooting. Easy to do with daylight because they're not distracted by the flash and I think you can get a like a lot more uh natural images that way so you know Val you know how garage light works yes what do you want me want to, to explain give us it? another refresher yeah okay. of course you're very good at for explaining new, it for new people uh yeah so garage lighting is a fantastic kind of lighting that is so simple that Gina 
she has coined it garage lighting. You, it, you don't have to be in a garage. You can be anywhere. But if you imagine that you are in the doorway of the garage and in front of you um, of the road, there's concrete and the sun is uh, beating down on the concrete, but you're just inside the garage. So the sun is it reflecting. So you're in shade, but because the sun is beating down on the white concrete, not white, but the light colored concrete, it's reflecting back onto your, onto you, onto your face. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful type of lighting. You don't have to be in the garage. You can be, as I've, um, near my office, it's like a terrace with, with overhead shade. And you just stand just inside the shade so that sun is beating on the ground, but the light is reflecting back to you. If you don't have, happen to have, um, a lightish coloured ground, as I did once when I was actually in my garage um, and I didn't have a light coloured driveway, what Gina suggested was just put down a white sheet. And so you can just pretend it's a white driveway, a light coloured driveway, and the white sheet does the reflection. So it's a great, it's a great um, form of lighting and so simple. You nailed that description, Val. I feel like a proud mother, like watching my daughter at a ballet concert. Going, that's look, I taught her that. <laughs> that's great. Well done. So, if you've never tried it before, trust me, this will change your life. Yes, so and good. you know, at, if you're a pro- professional photographer, this is definitely one that you need to look out for because you could be shooting on set but you might see out of the corner of your eyes, oh, oh my God, there's like perfect garage lighting there. Mm. Let me just grab these extra shots and always look at ways that you can add value for your clients because they will remember that. Remember when you're on a job, you're actually um, doing a job interview for all the other publicists who are there on the day or other people or someone's partner who's just happened to be there on the set that day. You're on show for everyone. And if you do this sort of stuff and, you know, value add, people talk about it, believe me. And this is better than like you could be spending, you know, uh, all your spare time posting stuff on Instagram and social media and not the right people will see it, but there's nothing better than getting that word of mouth recommendation because, oh yeah, this person did this, but they also thought of these great ideas and they also came up with this other stuff that we didn't even expect. We're so happy, all this value. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. All right, so let's move on to another shot. I want to talk about a shot that um, is in this collection and of course these all these shots are in the show notes. Uh, that Gina has taken because it features my favourite footballer. Now, um, people in America, you're used to gridiron, but over here we've got three different types of football, um, league, rugby union, and AFL. So there's, yeah, three different types of, of football. There are two footballers in this shot and they're sitting like in a locker room on a wooden kind of bench and a brick, painted black brick um, background. And uh, there's one footballer who is an AFL player. And so I don't know his name because I'm not really familiar with AFL. I don't know whether you remember his name, Gina. No, but, I don't. But the other footballer is a league player. He plays for Melbourne Storm and his name is Cameron Smith. He's the captain of the team. 
team. And uh, so the Athol player is kind of like he's a Hawthorne player. Um, also a legend apparently and also a captain but can't okay. yeah. <laughs> You're the one who lives in Victoria. Um, so yeah, he's tying up his laces and he's got an AFL football, like they have different footballs. Um uh, next to him, and he's looking down, kind of, because he's tying his laces. On that's to the left of the um, shot, and to the right of the shot, shot is um, Cameron Smith, and he's looking straight down the camera, and uh, he's kind of like uh, in his hands is his football, and they both look like they've just come off the field because they're filthy, they're grimy, they're you know look a bit tired. <laughs> Um, but uh, the, and they look like they're in the locker room and that Jean has kind of captured this moment. It's also brilliantly lit because everything around is that dark sort of gritty kind of look, but the light falls exactly where it needs to on the guys themselves. And, um, uh, yeah, it's a great shot. So did you comp this as well? Because I imagine it would have been difficult to get both of these. In, I imagine they're not in the same locker room. <laughs> No, no, they both came at the same time and and, uh, because I care zero about sport, really, uh, I didn't know who they were and so I didn't fangirl all over them. Mm -hmm. And do you know what our conversation was about with both of them? I don't know, tell me. We talked. We swapped recipes, okay. <laughs> and I think they really enjoyed it because they're like, "This person doesn't care about yes. it at all. Isn't asking for autographs mm-hmm. for a son or or like you know, yes. well, well, when you played that game, that but that Mark was a ripper. I'm like, yeah, so you know, and and we we were swapping recipes, and and so that was enjoyable. But yes, yeah, so they were made up to look. We didn't actually get them Dirty, as they come yes. off the field. It's shot in a studio and. Um, I came up with this concept like I wanted a locker room feel and there was a lot we could have done to actually – you could have overdone this, Mm. but I just wanted it to be simple because, Mm. again, the mindset is – and, again, if you're not into uh, theatre, watching plays, it's worth even just going online and looking at uh, at sets Mm. for plays because – what they do so brilliantly in the theatre is they can't afford and it's too much to create. Like, say if The Crown, which is a series about the royal family in England uh, living in all these palaces and these opulent locations, if that was a stage production, they wouldn't have every single painting and all the details no. and all the furniture. You might that They simplify yeah. it. And what happens is, is really interesting, it's like when... When you, the beauty of reading a book, Val, is as you're reading and the, if the, the author's any good at describing things, they might take you to like another world, another planet, but they'll describe what's on the planet and they let allow your imagination to fill in the blanks, mm. right? Same with photography in this style. So, that, so initially, like uh, someone less experienced might think, all right, I need to, or even the client themselves, because I, I really battled with them about how much stuff should be in the, mm. you know, because they're thinking, all right, they're literally thinking about let's hire a locker room in a sports stadium to get this shot done. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work because they're really tiny and I don't have enough space. We can do it in a studio. All I need is a plain rustic wall mm. and I, I, I knew the studio that I, I could do it in. And then... You just need a rustic bench 
And uh, that's it. The other thing we bring in the football component is just by having them holding their their, their respective footballs, and then you bring in the like because the, the whole scene is about having the weary players um, at the end of the game. Okay, so we got them to made up. The makeup artist then adds dirt mm. and uh, a bit of uh, like baby oil so that they look a sweaty bit shiny, and yeah. dirty. Mm. And again, uh, this the makeup artist can make the makeup artist and the stylist can make or break the shoot. Absolutely. So had the stylist have got the wrong bench, like mm. you know, so this is a rustic bench that she hired for this shoot, mm. but she could have got something that was that look like outdoor furniture yeah, or it could have been plastic. You know what I mean? And mm. suddenly it kills the vibe. Yeah. Same with the hair and the, the, the makeup as well. So you want them to look like they've been fighting, but like I've seen it overdone before mm. and it just looks awful. So like when it's done well, they do look like they've, you know, the grime's in the right places and everything else. The other thing um, that if you want to add depth uh, to an image that may be otherwise flat, and this is something that is again done in the movie industry. If you notice any night shots in a film, mm-hmm. Valerie, what is one thing that they have in common about a They're night dark. shot? Mostly, <laughs> yeah, <duh. laughs> What else? They're outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get this out of you. No, at I all. don't know what you're hinting at. Uh, the road is always wet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. In a night scene. Yes. And the reason for that is because if you're shooting at night and they're like, say, a couple is uh, on the streets of New York and they're uh, coming home from a date and it's all very mm. romantic. So the road is very flat. So if it's dark, it's night, you've got, the, you've got lights on the couple, the ground is just black, a black hole. The sky is going to be a black hole, a lot of, lot of black. Yeah. But what they do in the movie industry is when they're shoot, doing night shots is they wet down, which is basically they'll get right. a hose and they'll just wet the road. And what that does um, is, your reflections. is uh, you get beautiful reflections mm. of all the lights of the people and it adds depth to the yes. image. So... This is uh, the same sort of idea. There is, um, you notice when you watch uh, like shows like Dancing with the Stars, they're, they're called shiny floor shows, okay. you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or like the, the, the Academy Awards or things like mm-hmm. that. Have a look at the floor mm. that they use. It's always this, it's this black sort of vinyl shiny. material, highly reflective. Mm. Yeah, because that's to add depth to the show. Mm. So you can actually buy squares of this that you can put uh, on your sets to add um to add life right. you know you could buy a sheet of uh plexiglass or you can get vinyl mm. vinyl uh versions of this and worth having in your kit because even though it's just a, like a couple of little reflections you see their shoes and it, it adds depth yes. to the shot don't you think yeah absolutely it's like when you see um tv or movies where you know it's a general or whatever and he's at the front of a room um showing a uh uh, you know, and behind him is a um, projection of where he's going to bomb or something, and yeah. they they always shoot it whether it's a still, whether it's a movie or whatever. They always shoot it where the projector, the light from the projector, is actually on him. Yeah, it, it, like on his body, on his face or whatever, um, not just on the screen, even though in real life you would not stand in the middle of the, <laughs> the projector yeah. to shoot it from the front it, to, sh- to add that depth and to show that it is an, ac- an actual projector and not just a flat photo behind. 
they um, make sure that the light of the projector is always on the person itself as well. Yeah, so there is so much uh, inspiration that you can be gained from watching great mm. um, TV or movies and, like, this is just what I do. I just watch and store those ideas mm. and, you know, you're not going to find it on Instagram. You're going to find those shots where, like, someone did it five years ago and people went, wow, that's great, let's all copy it. And Pinterest is the same. They're just copies of one idea that was all right in the, you know, and it's just like it's not that deep. But when you see, when you've got like a $50 million movie or a $200 movie and you've got the best stylist and the best, you know, lighting people and the best cinematographers combined, you get gold. Yes. So, like, you know, it's a, it's a really valuable um uh, thing that you can you can tap into there so just finally on this image Val so um, in terms of the lighting this I wanted it to look like it was lit in a locker room with uh, a window to camera left okay mm -hmm. so the way I lit this is this is a completely black space it didn't have any uh, windows in there single large softbox so it's like a meter um, long uh, and uh, double diffused very important because that softens the light and it's actually the light is feathered so it basically um, you light so that it's flat onto the person okay and then you move it across so that it's uh, you, you to like camera left of the person and then basically what happens with the light is it lights forward which is misses the person altogether but you get the the residual spill uh, coming from the side of the light that's called feathering which gives you a really soft soft light so I've covered this as well uh, I've got numerous tutorials in 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 the gold membership that that show how I do this but this gives you a supernatural uh, looking light now if I was to light both of them at the same time a lot harder because the light falls off for the second person so what I do is uh, it's a it's two shots I bring the light in for the first person and uh, direct them and then I bring the second person in much the way that I did that last supper shot so mm. it's a hot you know the set stays the same the focus point is the same for all the shots and I just bring the uh, the two people in and I find that I'm doing this more and more like you know I did a, a, a radio shoot yesterday Val where they're like we want the people um, really close together and uh, so we'll get them both on at the same time and I'm like nah let's get them separately because it's actually easier for me to merge them together because it's it's a lot harder to get people to stand very, very close together or overlap and actually get beautiful lighting on both the faces. So for many years now, I've been like all these cast shots that I do, I actually prefer to light everyone individually and then merge the shots together all right. in post. So yeah. let's move on to a um, shot. We're, and we're running out of time, so we'll be quick with we're this one. We're running out of time. Uh, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll be quick with this one. It's a great shot um, of an Australian actress called Kate Jenkinson. And um, I love this shot and I wanted to mention it also so that you know that Gina actually does shoot women. <laughs> she doesn't just shoot guys. Um, yeah. So um, <laughs> now it's from a uh, set 
of a show called Wentworth, which is set in a prison. And so it's set in a cell. And so it's very stark. There's bars. There's light coming through the bars so that um, that the shadows are cast on the floor. So there's lots of, you know, these nice lines. But And Kate Jenkinson plays... Um, a character who is top dog, who basically is the top prison inmate. She's, you know, rough as guts kind of thing. But in this shot, she looks like she could be on a Vogue cover. So she's been styled, so she's got a great outfit on that's still um, uh, a powerful outfit, but is um, uh, and, and, and still a plain outfit, like what, you know, a pr- like prison outfits are plain, but uh, obviously it's, you know, they're designer um, and incredibly slick makeup and she's looking directly at the camera, sitting in a chair, looking very powerful as if she's the top dog but looking like a Vogue model in a prison setting. So, um, yeah, Gina, whose idea was this and how did this, uh, what's what's just briefly? What are the most interesting highlights about this particular shoot? So this shot, uh, I think uh, I've got to hand it to the makeup artist and the stylist who just took this whole look to a, a, another level. And I can't stress enough how important it is for photographers to forge relationships with great stylists and great makeup artists. Because honestly, it just when you work in a team like that, it makes all the difference. Because mm. if she was in the wrong bad hair, bad makeup, mm. bad styling. Mm. It just couldn't the, – the shot wouldn't work. Mm. So I really rely, you know, a lot on that. But it's also about the attitude and the lighting that makes all the difference. So um, in terms of posing women, when I – and everyone I photograph, my attitude is you are a hero in this shot. So whenever I photograph women, I want them to look strong and in control and powerful. And, you know, I've seen a lot of images uh, of women that are photographed and basically they're just, they're not, they're, they're diminished, their power is diminished and it's just like, it's like I can't stand those shots. So, I you know, so this is all about making them look powerful. And even though if you look at her pose, she's slunk on a chair, legs spread to camera, which is like, if I describe that shot, Val, mm-hmm. it sounds like something out of mm-hmm. um, Playboy, mm-hmm. right? Out of the 1950s. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she owns it and the confidence and the look on her face and also the way that I've positioned her hand, mm. she's very much in control of this shot, don't yes, you think? Yes, yes. It's very strong. So that is really important. So it's like, you know, this could have easily looked really cheesy and like a, uh, you know, a, a sort of a more of a, again, sort of that playboy, which is lowbrow to me, uh, kind of shoot. Mm. But, you know, this the, the, the attitude and the pose really elevated it. In terms of the lighting, two lights, uh, simple little uh, octobox on the face, which is very close to the face, so you get the modelling on the face. So it's almost split lighting, Val. Mm. It's sort of a, a, a mix between split and Rembrandt lighting mm. on the face. So it's like... Uh, basically expose for the background first. I get that how I want it to look. So av- using the available light and then I'm adding a duck mm-hmm. of light to the face mm-hmm. and uh, I've got that looking right and it still looked flat. I wanted it to give it more drama. So what I've done is I've taken another 
clean plate. So I've got the model and everyone out of the frame and I just put a hard light in the background coming through the, the, the cell, the bars in the cell to create these hard um, highlights. I've actually did this uh, shoot on another uh a job earlier then that's where I got the idea so um, that just gives it the drama so it's the little things that just can take it could have looked all right without the that light in the background but I just wanted to give it that extra grunge and drama just by simple speed light in the background and then those images are all merged together and uh, you get you get that that shot so it's all attitude styling makeup and then the lighting to create the drama and make it her heroic and uh, not a pin-up shot. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Okay, fantastic. It's always good to understand what goes on behind the scenes and the thought process of uh, how shots are, are posed and lit and composed as well. So I think that this was a great episode. Thank you, Gina. No worries. All right, so we've reached the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week, Gina? Uh, so I am off to the country so i'm doing more farmers which is like honestly they're beautiful i so loved meeting all these people so i'm doing that i've got a whole batch of editing to do uh for for the next few days as well so that means i'll need to find something new to uh to binge watch while i'm doing that brilliant um well yeah so what about you val um this week I've got a couple of Christmas parties to go to, actually. Oh, my God. Social. I know. Are you doing them via Zoom or are you actually going to go in person? Uh, One will be Zoom and one will be in person. So, um, yeah, getting out and about. Obviously, things are going well here in Australia in terms of... Yes, so great. I'm actually going to the beach, too, for the weekend, which I'm excited about. So, can't wait. It's it's just great to get away. It really is like Christmas. Yeah, it kind (laughs) of... actually all right um so fantastic where do we find you online gina so ginamilitia.com that's g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a i'm at gina militia on all social media and if you want to take your photography to the next level and you want to see behind the scenes of the like a lot of the shots that i've talked about today and my thought process and um then check out the goal community just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community what about you val you'll find me at valerie koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram and over at valeriekoo.com thanks for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again next time Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.